What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Super Flag Podcast. This is episode 39. We are at 39. We're almost at 40. Damn. I honestly Which means we're almost closer to 50. I honestly didn't even realize that. Like, every week when you say what episode it is, like, I should know because I listen to every one of them, but my mind gets blown every time the number goes up. Right. I'm just like, it, it's crazy because we have done this for over a year now. Yep. But... A year and two months, to be exact. It just... It felt like we took a lot more time off than we did. Yeah, and you know, last year was a little hard too because there was major COVID concerns for a while. Yes, with each of us. Oh, yeah. there was uh, worries with my family, worries with your family, worries with both of our works. Um, yeah, it was fucking stupid. It was an awful year. Yeah. I'm not that this year has been any better so far, yeah. but we've been consistent. Yeah. Um. So but how do you my vlogs? Yeah. <laughs> How's your week gone? Uh, it was pretty good, uh, for the most part, just work. I had uh, Monday off, had a small scare with, uh, my mom was worried she had COVID for a minute, but she went and took okay. a rapid test and everything came back negative and we're well, all that's good, good, so was worried there. But other than that, I mean, the week was just work and then I took my wife out for Valentine's yesterday because I didn't want to have to go around the hustle and bustle on Valentine's Day. So. Yeah, it's probably going to be a pain in the arse. Oh, well, and even with COVID, dude, I'm like, you know it's just one of those days where people are still going to just ignore COVID even more. So they're going to yeah, go out sure. and they're going to mm-hmm. sit in lines to go eat together. And I'm like, yeah. she saw something on TikTok where you basically go to a, like a bunch of fast food restaurants. You like pick a place for an appetizer, pick a place for a main course pick a place for a drink and pick a place for a dessert and you do rock, paper, scissors or flip a coin. So we did that last night. We went nice. to old Chicago for an appetizer. We went to Chick-fil-A for like the entree. Yeah. And then we went to Sonic for drinks and uh, desserts. <laughs> nice. So it was, it was nice and relaxed and got to sit in the car while it was freaking snowing outside. So it was, it was a nice change of pace. Right. Um, how was your week? Uh, pretty good. Uh, a lot of work. A lot of not doing anything, a lot of <laughs> finishing something that we got coming. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Can you elaborate? No. No? Oh, okay. No. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. <laughs> You'll hear about it pretty soon. Yes. Yeah, um, but yeah, just a lot of, uh, a lot of that trying to, trying to really fight myself not starting over because I do that every day. I'm like, fuck this shit. Yeah. But that, it's all good. I, I can especially see that with your personality type because- yeah. From what I see of you with this channel, you seem like a perfectionist. And yeah. that is a very good thing. Yeah. It could be a bad thing sometimes. It, it seems like it could definitely be your downfall. Yeah. Um, like Dr. Dre. Yeah. When he's you know trying to put out detox. Right. <laughs> so it, it, I'm definitely excited and I cannot wait for other people to hear about... Uh, what we have in the pipeline. There's going to be a lot of weird comments, a lot of weird looks, because it's a weird fucking thing. Hey. I've come to realize. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. Yeah. Everybody has to start somewhere. Yeah. So, uh, no more artwork or anything going on right now during everything? Uh, yeah, not right now. Just kind of focusing on what we got going on. So Nice, nice. Yeah. I'm digging it. But any fucking way, <laughs> it's time. To send the news. To send the news. Um... There was quite a few things this week. Uh, do you want to start with the most obvious and most pressing, or do you want to work from top to, uh, from bottom to top? Let's start with the most obvious. I mean, there's I think there's two most obvious ones. 
because they're mo- more recent, but I'm we'll curious start. if you'll say what I say. <laughs> On three, let's just do it. Okay. One, two, three. Gina, Gina Carano. Carano. Yeah! Yeah. <laughs> that crazy-ass oh. chick. So, everybody was fairly happy with her performance in The Mandalorian. I'm not going to lie. I liked her in it. I was impressed, because like, up to that point, she wasn't really like a phenomenal actor, but she started to spread her wings a yeah. little bit. She went from less angry Rosie O'Donnell to uh, <laughs> in Deadpool to uh, kind of a badass in Star Wars. Did she do a superhero landing in The Mandalorian? I'm sure she probably did, just as like a reference, but I didn't pay enough attention. Oh. Um, I wasn't crazy about her character in the first season. She was much better in the second season. Yeah. Um, but let's cut to the chase. What did she do? Yeah, so she didn't say it exactly like this, but what she did on Twitter was basically compare... Was it Twitter or Instagram? It was Twitter, I think. Okay. She compared being a conservative in America today to basically being a Jewish person during the Holocaust. Yes. Like the... Being persecuted. Watered down version of it, basically, yeah. And uh, it was trending number one on Twitter for like over 24 hours. Yeah. At the same time as Joss Whedon being blown up for being a piece of shit. Yeah, people from Buffy, people from Firefly are coming after him now, so that's looking ugly. Here's what the top three trends were on Twitter that day. It was hashtag fire Gina Carano, uh, uh, hashtag fire Joss Whedon, and hashtag uh, McDonald's high C, uh, orange high C is back. (laughs) Dang. Uh, So people's interests are, like, all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, It's either cancel culture or bringing things back uh, that seem to catch people's eyes these days. Yeah, and I wouldn't even consider the Gina Carano thing to be, like, a cancellation because that's just, like, a consequence for being stupid. I think in a... Honestly, I won't say it's worth cancellation. I will say that it's probably merits some... sensitivity training something because people have said and done a lot worse it, what she did was stupid it was beyond ridiculous yeah because there's no comparing being put in a gas chamber to slapping someone on the hand for putting something stupid on twitter yeah i haven't heard of any republican or conservative person being killed over their political views yeah you might get like people shit talking to you or whatever the fuck but oh yeah i mean that happens on both sides oh yeah a hundred percent yeah um and don't get me wrong everyone is entitled to their own opinion yeah which is why like before she put that tweet out she was putting out tweets you know about her conservative like ideologies or whatever which was you know fair enough that's just like what she believes they weren't bad enough to do anything about but then once she put this one out i'm like yeah that'll be the one. Oh yeah well <laughs> and People already had tried to cancel her once before for comments she made about transgender people. What did she say about that? Uh, basically, I, I can't give you exact wording because it was like during, I think it was before the first season of The Mandalorian, either that or during. Okay. And uh, she basically was saying like, your chromosomes make up your gender. Yeah. She, what she said was basically about as bad as what uh, J.K. Rowling said. About I remember transgender that. people. Yeah. So uh, put it in that kind of context where okay. I think you have enough people that are supportive of transgender people, but you still have the people who are very uh, teetering on the edge of their feelings with it. Yeah, because I think it's like a prominence of like the LGBTQ plus community. Like the more 
the more popular it's getting and the more people are starting to realize that it should be a normal thing, like, there's going to be a lot more people coming out against it and can't get used to that shit. Yeah. They'll and never get used to that shit. Yeah. It, we don't live in a perfect world. I yeah. mean, dude, you have our country? Mm-hmm. Try being a transgender person in Pakistan or a Muslim country, like a heavily, like Saudi Arabia. Yeah, there's a guy at work, he's from Algeria, and his views on that type of stuff, like I won't repeat them here, but they're pretty wild. They would probably, I can imagine that they would probably be in the realm of like the words lynching and stuff like that. Yeah, basically, it's it's pretty bad. You can see like the difference in cultures basically. Oh, 100%. And like I'm not accusing anybody of saying anything, I'm just saying like, you can definitely tell when you have grown up in a country that actually cares about feelings for the most part. Yeah, and it all depends too on the person because like there's people that are our age that are for it and against it. It all depends on like how you're raised and what your family's ideologies are. You're going to go off of that anyway. Oh, yeah. And where you grow up is a big factor yeah. too. If it's something you've never seen, it's going to be that much weirder to you. Yeah. So... um I understand both points of view based on that, but I, I don't know. I, I definitely see why that would have gotten her in trouble mm-hmm. uh, the first time around. Yeah. Uh, and she's lucky she made it out of that. Yeah. To come out and say something stupid like that and immediately getting fired from The Mandalorian. So, And she also was going to have her own spinoff show. Yeah, and she was going to be a, a major role in one of the new shows that they got coming out. Um, it was... Uh, Rogue something? Squadron? No, not no Rogue it was uh, something Republic. The, yeah, something Republic. One of those shows. Where, where it was basically, like, centered off of her character for yeah. the most part. Yeah, and now she just ruined it. Now they're canceling, like, her toys and other shit. Really? Like, yeah, the, her character's toys, they're not they're not making them anymore. I mean, I, I guess I understand that. It might just add more value to those toys, though, for some people. Yeah, yeah. Because then you have the other news coming out of this that is Ben Shapiro <laughs> has essentially funded and is producing a full production of whatever movie she's making. Yeah, I don't know. Some some movie that she's linked up with Ben Shapiro. And Ben Shapiro came out and said, well, she's being canceled because she's a, Repu- a Republican. I'm like, no, that's not why. I've been... That's like a simplistic, like, ignorant he's way of looking Jewish at it. He's Jewish, too. He is, but like, <laughs> like, yeah, he's, an, he's not a very uh, smart uh, person either. He, I enjoy listening to him and Joe Rogan go off of each other because they have such differing point of views. Yeah. And they're not scared to put each other in their places. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't see how anybody, like, it, it's his money, it's his world, but that is a big gamble to take on somebody like that. It really is, but she'll fit right in with that audience. They'll oh yeah, they'll praise her. And she came out and said, "We will no longer be targeted by the mob or whatever the fuck she said." I'm like, Jesus. Oh man. And then going along with this, like just a quick little sweep past it because I don't want to get too much into it. I'm sure that part of the reason that she started doing all these tweets and stuff was because it was right around the beginning of the Trump uh, trials. Yeah, the Trump trials, the which emerging he, presidential election. Yeah, and which he just got acquitted for. So yeah, <laughs> wait. I mean, I, who couldn't see that coming? Yeah, it, it is what it is. Just it's over now. Yeah. just fucking let it that, go. That is all we'll say on that. Yeah, and from that point, we'll move on to the next uh, segment of the news because I feel like 
I, I just don't want to touch politics. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what we have next is the newly cast, the new casting news for The Last of Us yes. show on HBO. Um, I can't remember the female's name who's be going to be playing Ellie. Yeah, I can't remember her name. I apologize, but I she's from the Game Bella, of Thrones. Bella something? Bella something, yeah. From um, Game of Thrones. And the big one, like, and while I will say I am, I'm cautiously excited. Yeah. Okay? The role of Joel, I can see being played very well by this person. Mm-hmm. I'm just so scared that he's getting overexposed. He has been in everything, like, in the last two years. Yeah, he's starting to be like the Margot Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> but I still enjoy him at this moment. Yeah. He can very quickly get overplayed if he takes one bad role. Like, my, I know everybody praises Margot Robbie for Harley Quinn. I like Harley Quinn a lot less than I used to now. Because, not I don't know if it's because of her, but it's because of the way it was written. Yeah, I wouldn't, yeah, for me too, I wouldn't say it's because of, like, her performance. It's yeah. just the way she's shown to everyone and the way she's exposed. Basically. Yeah, because everything else she does is fantastic. Yeah. But that sours my opinion of her mm. slightly and just it makes me feel like she's overexposed. This man, this beautiful man. <laughs> this uh, Chilean man. <laughs> uh, Pedro Pascal is a fantastic actor. Yes. Easily the best part of Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, yeah. For sure. Fantastic in The Mandalorian. Good. I also loved him in uh, Kingsman, the Golden Circle. That's right. He's in that. He is. Yeah. Um, he's been in a lot of things. Like, I don't have my phone on me so off the top of my head. I can't give you his full IMDb. But he is just cranking him out and cranking him out and cranking him out. I also got him confused with um, Oscar Isaac for a moment. Ah. Because I thought he was playing That wouldn't Snake. have been a bad choice either. <laughs> it wouldn't have. Yeah. But it would have been one of those things where, like, those two actors to me are interchangeable in how well they can like perform. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also look somewhat similar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I just feel like he's getting overexposed to the point where like it could damage him in the long run. And here's another thing. Like, is he going to start just being cast in roles where he has to take care of like a way younger character? He, he's, the, <laughs> he's the new dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I thought about that too. Cause I'm like Mandalorian. He's, He's the dad. He's the best dad in the Star Wars universe. Like He's the best dad I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, name one other character who was a decent parent, other than maybe G- uh, Jango Fett, to a clone. In a Star Wars <laughs> franchise? Yeah. yeah, you can't really think of yeah. one. Because other than that, I mean, he's the only one who like successfully took care of a child. <laughs> um, he put his life on the line many times. I mean, I, I guess you could kind of go with uh, Leia's adoptive parents. I guess. And Uncle and Aunt Beru. (laughs) Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. Um, But for the most part, like, it's the best example you have of parenting in the Star Wars universe. And then Joel and Ellie's relationship. It starts off rocky in the games, but, like, you feel, like, the love between those two characters and how they, like, grow together. Yeah. And, like, zero spoilers, because I know it's only been... Like, less than a year since The Last of Us 2 came out. And I've never played any of them, so you're like, you're more of an expert (laughs) on this than I. Even just watching it on YouTube, if you just want to watch, like, I'm not not even saying gameplay, but like... Like cutscenes and stuff? Cutscenes. Like, it's beautiful, the relationship. Do they melt together, like, in a movie? Kind of. Like, it's it's watchable. 
Okay. Like, it's very well done. And, like, some of the gameplay is nice because you get that little extra character building yeah. and the way they talk. But, dude, like, I have never... I haven't seen that good of, like, character building in a game other than, like, I, obviously I loved God of War, the yeah. remake and stuff like that. But, like, storytelling-wise, those Sony exclusives, like God of War and Last of Us and Horizon Zero Dawn, are very well... are very... They're very narratively driven. Is Shadow of Colossus, that's a Sony exclusive, isn't it? Back when it came out on the PS2 and then they remade it? I think so. Because if it is, then that's like another yeah. a good one. Like yeah, that. Th- that one is very uh, heavy with the narrative yeah. uh, devices, and it's it's very well told. And that's one thing that like Sony has down pat. Yeah, um, it's, 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 it really lends itself to a show. Yes. Last of Us, for sure. Yes, and so you have the two people who are huge... From uh, Game of Thrones coming over. Oh, I forgot he was in Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, yep. But he... Like, I can see them doing well together. I'm curious... I hope they don't make... El- I-, I want them to make Ellie an American. Just because it would be really weird if she wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, she's... The basic story is, like... She's a little girl 25 years in the future after... Uh, the downfall of civilization and zombies pretty much uprise. Yep. So it wouldn't make sense for her to cross over the ocean. And she, she gets bitten and she's found to be immune Mm -hmm. and she could be the answer to the cure essentially. And he's supposed to take her over to this group that can synthesize the cure. And along the way he becomes protective of her and like sees her as a daughter because he lost a daughter at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, which I hate that word. It feels so regular lately. (laughs) It's just a normal word. Yeah. Where I hadn't heard that word other than in video games until last year. It seemed like a, a thing that wasn't really realistic. Yeah. Like the last one that happened before this was 1917. So it'll never fucking happen again. (laughs) We're fine. Modern medicine has come a long way. Um, so I think it can be told very well in, especially on HBO. Yeah. Because HBO doesn't really have the limits of... Censorship. Yes. Censorship primarily. There's a lot of leg room. There's a lot of room to move around. Yeah. Especially if you base it on other series that they've done, like Game of Thrones, like Watchmen and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot they can do and a lot of freedom they have. And... I th- I also heard the report that they were also initially thinking about Mahershala Ali. Yeah, they were they were trying to get him first. I forgot how that fell through exactly, but then they landed on Pedro. Yeah, and not that it I don't think it would have been a bad choice. Because um, that, that guy could pull off fucking oh, anything. Yeah, because there's nothing in the games that makes it to where, like, other than the way they made him in the game, that says he has to be a white dude. Yeah, so like, I, yeah, I got no problem with the fucking race switching on stuff like that yeah. because when it has nothing to do with their character, then whatever. Yeah, yeah it, 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 unless it's like a central part of the character, like yeah. switching, switching like a slave character from a movie to a white dude. That's insensitive. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of like Lakeith like Steinfeld. I don't know if you know who he is. Yes. Yeah, from he, uh, Get Out. And get Out. And, uh, sorry to bother you. Yep, he wants to play the Joker. 
And I'd be fine with that. I'd be perfectly fine with that. Yeah. There's nothing in anything that says he has to be white. Yeah. Otherwise, if you have, like, Spawn, he is an African-American character, so I yes. wouldn't want him to be white. Oh, yeah. No, I, like, and that's the thing, like, I feel like it's okay to even race swap in certain situations, but unless it's a sole part of their character and, like, their struggle, an African-American character shouldn't be switched to a white character. And vice versa. Yeah. Um... Like, the same way, like, I've heard the idea that, like, Bruce Wayne shouldn't be a black guy because he comes from rich white money that was, like, scared to, it it was very, like, bigoted. His money comes off of, like, slave trade from hundreds of years ago. Yeah. So, like. That's, like, very, going very deep and very specific, too. Yes. Yeah. So, and they have currently switched Batman to being a black man, but of a different name. Yeah. Luke Fox. Not Luke Fox. It's one of Lucius Fox's kids, but it's not Luke Fox. Mm -hmm. Um, But back to the game. Yeah, before we get too far, because the Tangent Express hasn't arrived yet. Yeah, we we still got a a ways to go before it gets here. Um, I'm very excited. I'm just cautiously optimistic. Yeah, and honestly, like I don't know if I'll end up watching the show. Anyway, because it's, it's it doesn't really interest me any, like in a in a big bad way. I'm much more excited for this than I am anything Walking Dead related in the last ten years. You know that's true. So, I will I will give it a watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, primarily for Pedro Pascal, and because I did love the games, and I'm curious to see where they diverge and where they stay consistent with the games. Yeah. Uh, what parallels they have and, like, what character decisions they might change. Right. Um, I'm hoping that the first season is just the first game. Okay. And then I hope that they explore some stuff between the first game and the second game with maybe the next couple seasons and then follow up with the second game a couple seasons down the line. Trying to expand the narrative that the game showed. Yes. Because there's a lot of stuff, like... Like, how, how much of a t- uh, time gap is in between the first game and the second? I want to say it's four... It's between four and seven years. I can't remember exactly. But it's not It's not like a ten-year jump or nothing. Well, that's, like, gives them plenty of room to, like, make something up yeah. to I, I want to say the... I want to say it's actually probably about four or five years. Yeah. So it, there's plenty of uh, storytelling you can oh, grow, yeah. show their relationship growing even tighter mm. before a certain bombshell is dropped that changes their relationship. Okay. I'll just leave it at that. Does that happen in the second one? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and the, the timing that it happens is so inopportune. Like, it's... It's crazy. A lot of people were angry <laughs> mm. at what happened in the second one, but people are mad when they don't get the happy endings they want. Right. So, I'll just leave it at that. Well, they're mad that when they don't get what they want, period. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So I'll just leave it at that without yeah. any spoilers because I could ruin it for anybody listening if they haven't played the games. Like, all I will say, if you have a PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5, get Last of Us Remastered first before you play The Last of Us 2, then play The Last of Us 2. It will bother you at certain points because I struggled morally playing through parts of that game because you grow really close to certain characters and you have a hard time when roles switch and everything. Yeah. That's all I'll say. Please, sir, introduce the next news before I get myself in trouble. <laughs> the next news topic we got on sending news is something dropped today. 
That's uh, kind of a big deal. It's the Justice League trailer. <laughs> and uh, by the way, we just uh, filmed a video reaction to that. So if you're listening to this before you check out the YouTube channel, check out the video. Yes. Um, I am... Another thing I was very cautiously optimistic about. I fought myself on my opinion of this uh, Snyder Cut for at least the first three months. I've been fighting it ever since they started doing the hashtag oh. release the Snyder Cut. Well, my thought initially was like, what could be so different? And then they made the announcement that they were doing it, and they're like, oh, it's a four-hour movie. Yeah, that blew me away that they even did it in the first place. Yeah. I'm like, no way. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, it's a four-hour movie. And I was like, uh, new things that they're filming? They're like, no, only four extra minutes that... And it's going to cost them $70 million to yeah. render everything. Yeah. I, I was blown away by the decisions made. The one thing that we kind of got wind of last week, and we didn't really cover any news because we had a special guest, and we did a deep dive into Tarantino last week. Yeah. Um, but we missed uh, delivering news of Jared Leto Joker. Yeah, uh, Warner Brothers released two pictures of him in his new getup. I am, I'll just say extremely happy. Yes. With the visuals. Yes. Um, and we, we did a very deep dive on this on our uh, trailer reaction, but I think we can go over it again in multiple different ways. <laughs> yeah. You know, as far as uh, Jared Leto's Joker is concerned, I'm, it's a huge contrast from between this one and the Suicide Squad yes. version. There's no tattoos. There's... It's, it's, the voice is still... Kind of similar, but it yeah. doesn't feel cartoony and yeah. over-expressed. Yeah, his whole vibe is very serious this time around. And like I told you before, I think this is the Joker that Zack Snyder wanted in his... That, that's what he had in mind. Yeah. I think it fits Batman vs. Superman much more. Oh, yeah. And we'll finally get to see Batman do something alongside Joker. Because you kind of got like a hint of it in Suicide Squad, but not like this. Well, and uh, I've, I've read an article uh, with Zack Snyder basically saying like, I don't feel like my job is done until those two are on screen together because it's not going to be revisited. So mm -hmm. we might as well show them together. Yeah, and did you see, did you read the article that came along with the pictures t describing the scene, the nightmare scene? I believe so. Yeah, it's like basically Joker is basically talking to Batman about Batman. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's very character like study driven almost in a way is what it sounds like so because I, I do have a question though because this is nightmare batman this is before the flash goes back in time yeah to change things i'm guessing yeah do you think batman caps the joker Ooh. just because you got that whole nightmare scene in batman vs superman yeah and also speaking of that too you notice in the in the the nightmare scene in bvs where batman has the joker card on his gun uh, uh Yeah, it's like rubber band or something to the gun, to the stock of the gun. Huh. You gotta go back and see that. But this scene explains why that's on there, too. Okay. So I'm... Like, I almost want to say, like, maybe the Joker says something that pisses Batman off so bad that he fucking pops him. It, it wouldn't surprise yeah, me. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me. But um, I'm interested to see what they do. And also, in that scene, he has the SWAT, like, bulletproof vest on, too. Yeah. So I wonder what that's about. He, he seems like he's wearing a uh, straight jacket with the SWAT mm -hmm. uh, vest on top of it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's for his protection or if it's for other people's protection, mm -hmm. but it, it makes him look that much more dangerous in my eyes. Yeah. Um, like you can take this one more serious than his oh, uh, Suicide Squad counterpart. Off of a three seconds of him being in a trailer. Yeah. 
maybe five seconds. Yeah. And I don't know if we're going to get much more than that screen time from him. But yeah, because it's only supposed to be like a f- just that scene. Yeah, because he, he only filmed four additional minutes of footage, um, some of which uh, will include Deathstroke, some of which will include the Joker, uh, I think maybe a little bit more Wonder Woman. Something tells me he actually filmed a little more than that. They're just not telling us. I don't know, because they didn't have enough. I mean, they did have time. Yeah, but pan- I don't know. pandemic restrictions is my only thing. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see when it comes out. And he did say, like, he's never seen the Joss Whedon cut. I wouldn't want it either if no. that was him. Yeah. I, I I don't blame him for being pissed. And apparently a lot of the reason that he was pushed out was because of Jeff Johns. Because he, yeah. was, he was unhappy with the reception for Batman vs. Superman, and he saw uh, Zack Snyder's daughter dying as an excuse to push him out. Which is really fucked it's up. It's extremely fucked up. Yeah. Um, which is one of the reasons that Jeff Johns is essentially canceled along with Joss Whedon. Yeah. One of the many reasons those yeah. two are going down. Mm-hmm. Um, which we'll touch on in a moment. But he, I really am excited to see his vision, and I hope that the... Uh, four hours of footage that they have is just from the original and they're being truthful. Yeah. And I will say too, like one thing I'm like disappointed that we'll probably never see is the death scene of Robin in this universe. I want to see that shit. And also in that article it said that Joker is the person who burned down Wayne Manor in BVS when he walks into the house. He's the, he's the person who burned it down and shit. Oh really? Yeah. I, and we'll never see that. There is a lot of missed opportunities. Yeah. Um, I would have been very happy to see the death of the Robin. Mm-hmm. The only thing that bothers me is that it's not Jason Todd. Yeah. Because he's gone on record saying that it was Dick Grayson. Yeah. Which fucking irritates me. Yeah, it's like one of the things, like, why? It, like, you didn't need to change that. No, because, like, that relationship between... The, the relationship Batman has with each of his Robins... They're specific. Yes, each and they're extremely significant. And... The death of Jason Todd changes Batman that much more and makes him that much darker of a character, and it just it fleshes him out that much more. Yeah, and I wish they would. He w- he was able to film just like a like a scene of uh, if it was Jason Todd of joke of Robin being killed by Joker the way they did it like in Arkham Knight when he's kind of just like envisioning it mm-hmm. like in that room or whatever. What if, just hypothetically speaking, we do get to see it? I'd cry. Like, what if what he says during the nightmare scene brings is, back a memory? Bring and you get to see a flashback. Even if it's just for like a quick few seconds, dude, I'm like I'll be satisfied. <laughs> who do you think who do you think they would be able to put in the Robin suit that would entertain you in this universe? Because we've already no we've already said Timmy for Robert Pattinson. And I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it needs to be yeah, no matter what. I don't like as exciting as that would be, I feel like they would be worried about wasting Timothy Chalamet for another role that they could put him in in the DCU. That's true. So if we're going off that um I'd be happy with Taron Edgerton. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I mean I I don't know why this those are the two people that fit Robin to me. Like especially like two different versions of Robin. You got your Taron Edgerton would fit more of a Jason Todd. Exactly. Yeah. And obviously, Timothy Chalamet would be the perfect... I, I could also see him being Tim Drake. But I think he'd be a perfect uh, Dick Grayson. Yeah. Um. But I think that would be probably the most intriguing thing to me. Just to see him beating the living shit out of a Robin. Yeah. And... 
I wish you could get like a quick like two minute breakdown of the relationship between Batman and the Joker mm-hmm. in that lens. Like everything that happened directly before the death of Robin to the point at the nightmare scene. Yeah. Where I'm assuming he's probably going to cap him. Yeah. I, I honestly feel like that's where the safest money would go. Uh, I just want like a a pretty nice build up within that scene to that. Like have something super impactful. Yeah. Because you got to make it impactful. This is like the last chance you get to show that. And I feel like Snyder, while he's not the best storyteller, I feel like he has gotten better since 300. Yeah. Um, barring the Martha moment. Um, he just came out and defended I didn't read it, what he said, but he just came out and defended that, so I got to read that. I'll shit. have to read that, too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I mean, don't want to know what his reasoning is. I've heard of worse exposition in movies, so it's not world-ending, but... It's very uh, unique. Yes. We'll use that word. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a million things that I'm excited for with this new Justice League movie. We've heard plenty of things about Ray Fisher, uh, with all his coming out against Warner Brothers and Joss Whedon and Jeff Johns. But the one thing I will say is I am so excited to see Zack Snyder's idea of what Cyborg is supposed to be, especially because the trailer we got before... Uh, the original version of Justice League came out. You saw so much more. Yeah, you saw him playing football. You saw all bunch of stuff. And Zack Did, Snyder spent a lot of time with Ray Fisher to, because Ray Fisher helped create what that character. Oh yeah, was gonna be. And he's going to be a lot darker in this version. I can tell you off the bat, yeah. just based off the visual that we've already seen Silas Stone die mm-hmm. in the trailers. Yeah. So, there's gonna be more weight to his character. Oh yeah, that's going to be huge. I do hope we still get the booyah just because. Like, At least once. Just hit once. Because <laughs> we got it in the original Justice League and it made me happy. I was like, okay. As much as this movie pisses me off, like, at least I got that. Like, I love those little character beats, the, the little nods and winks to the cartoons. Some little and, fan service. Yeah. And it's crazy to me that they even decided to give booyah to Cyborg in the uh, cartoons because he's supposed to be like a fucking computer. Yeah. Like no personality. Mm. But the Teen Titans cartoon made him like... Super lively. <laughs> yeah. And most people's idea of what Cyborg is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Even though he's supposed to be cold and calculated. Yeah. And literally like his head is supposed to be full of the internet and shit just going on and on and on and he can't stop it. Yeah. So I'm very interested to see like that realistic kind of overwhelmed version of Cyborg. For sure. Um, Wonder Woman, I don't know if I'm excited. I think it's because like we've seen so much of her already. We know what she is. We know how she operates. Yeah. That She has her code. She follows. She's going to be her. Yeah. There's not a whole lot new you can do with her. Yeah. I'm just hoping they make Batman... They redeem him in a way because, like, Josh Whedon kind of turned him into a joke in Justice League. A joke and a little bit of a bitch. Yeah, everything they've built up in BVS along with a lot of stuff just yeah. kind of, like... Ugh. Well, especially because, like, the resurrection scene that they did mm-hmm. for Superman kind of irritated me. And then when he asked Batman, do you bleed? <laughs> I, I don't know if that's going to be in there. But I fucking hope not. I hope not, too. I mean, I can see it being in there, but I really hope it's not. Um, but like the way he just kind of like lays down to Superman yeah. in that, like, don't get me wrong. I know he's like overpowered and he's come back to life and he's like fucking rage mode. Yeah. And he doesn't fit his character that they no. built already. Yeah. So it's like, 
Batman, while regretful, would not hold back like that. No. He, he's so mistrusting of all of his allies, he literally has a contingency plan for everybody and himself. Yep. He doesn't trust himself. Yeah. Like, he especially doesn't trust the alien from outer space. He doesn't trust the fucking Amazonian woman. He doesn't trust the computer that can, like, get a virus and start killing people. He doesn't trust the whale man. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't... <laughs> he doesn't trust the guy that can talk to fish. He doesn't trust the guy who can run faster than a speeding bullet. Even though I would say that's honestly probably the person he's put the most trust in the fastest. Yeah. I think it's because he's, like, a kid. Yeah. He Maybe has he's, like, innocence. more impressionable. Yeah. Yeah. He has, like, an innocence that he feels like he can almost mold to his... He can control him a little more. Yeah. Because he's he seems like that guy who read comic books who's, like, a fanboy. Yeah. And he's like, I'll do anything you say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just want friends. <laughs> um, Basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm excited. But also, once again, cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Um, and then the dark side. Uh, visual was much better than the original trailer. I'm happy with it. Yes. I'm really happy with it. Um, it. So when we first got our first glimpse of him, I got major OG uh, Thanos vibes. Okay. Now, he feels more separated. Yes. And like his own depiction. Yeah. And he is a darker character than Thanos too. Oh yeah. But he's Visually also and... what, he's also what Thanos was based, based off yeah. of. So, yeah. It's nice to see him not just being lost in the bucket. Yeah. Um, also, Steppenwolf looks hands over whatever the fucking term is yeah. a million times better. And he looks like he did in that director's cut, that cut scene that they put on YouTube where he's in the in the pool or From whatever. From Batman vs. Superman yeah. with uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, that's what he looks like. More detailed, though. Yes. Um, uh, and he does look kind of... Uh, Similar in one scene that he did in uh, Justice League, the original version, but he's wearing armor now in the rest of it. Like, he looks more menacing and just, he looks like a threat now. And he doesn't have a video game cutscene human face. Yes. He looks, m the rendering is much better. The visuals are much more, like, put into place, it seems to me. Yeah. Because... Especially if you look at the styles of the two directors, Snyder is much more of the visual aesthetic guy. Whedon is... Here's a quick quip for you. Yeah. He's very to the punchline and drawback. Yeah. And yeah, Stephen Wolf, along with Joker and probably a lot of other characters, he's going to be taken more serious this time around. Yeah. I agree. Um, I, I think overall, character study-wise... Which is not something I would normally say about a Zack Snyder film. <laughs> yeah. Will be much more thought out. Yeah. Um, I think we got that, a big uh, sign of that in Man of Steel, mm -hmm. which people like to argue about. I know me and you have a positive opinion of it. Yeah. But you do have the detractors. Yeah. Um, same thing with Batman vs. Superman, where I felt like it was a very heavily character study. Uh, version of superheroes. Mm -hmm. This one, I'm curious to see how deep he goes into it, but I will tell you off the bat, it's going to be much more than what we got in Justice League. Yeah, for sure. The Whedon version. Yeah. 
the, and it gar- the garbage be, cut. Four hours long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's plenty of time and uh, money that they've put into this movie that I I want like cautiously optimistic is going to yeah. be my word of the day mm-hmm. or words of the day. It's the phrase. <laughs> right. The phrase that pays the bills. Um, and we'll just touch on it real quick. We already kind of talked about it. Uh, Charisma Carpenter and other people that have worked with Joss Whedon in the past have come out and basically said, Ray Fisher's... There's something going on with this guy. Yeah. What what has been said about him in the past is more likely than not accurate. Yeah. Uh, so Hollywood is pretty much going to wash their hands of him yeah. and toss him in the bin. Yeah. And we'll, we'll see the uh, downfall of Josh Whedon pretty soon. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's already been let go of everything. So yeah. I, I just don't think you're going to hear anything about him. He's blacklisted. Yeah. He's done. Yeah. Um, that's what you... That's, yeah. <laughs> so I think we have uh, one more little piece of news before our train arrives. Yeah, our train's coming up pretty quick, so we'll get to this last news topic. Uh, Paranormal activity. Be, yeah. yeah. There's going to be a reboot for... An 11-year-old movie. Some reason. I can't see the upside to this, honestly. I, I, I get what they're thinking is, probably, money, because it's probably going to be made in cheap. And it's gonna be one of those. Oh, we'll make this for cheap. Make make our profit back. But don't you think that, don't you think that gimmick is dead though? I don't know, cause you know, Fantasy Island. What was that came out like last year? That was a Blumhouse movie that made pretty good money for what it was. Anything Blumhouse does, it don't matter anymore. But you don't think they would have to bring in a big actor to get anybody to get back in the theater for that? Because I mean, they dug it into the dirt with five or six sequels. I think the idea of a reboot is going to interest some people. I think, I don't know, maybe just, that PG-13 audience. I, I just don't know if it'll bring in who they're wanting it to bring in. Because I think they're putting more, like, I'm trying to think of the right word, more uh, faith in this than they should be. Because... There are very few franchises that I feel need uh, resurrected, yeah. let alone rebooted. Mm. Paranormal Activity would not be on that list. For yeah, me. and I think like speaking like as far as us, like we were of age when it came out. We were like we were in high school. There's probably kids who were way too young back then who are in high school now, who probably think it'll be a, it'll be like a brand new thing to them. They'll go and see it. So he, here's my thought with this is. Blair Witch Project yeah. was a huge success. Mm-hmm. Paranormal Activity, for us, in our generation, was the Blair Witch Project. That's fair. In 2000, I want to say 16, I could be wrong, they rebooted Blair Witch Project. It was 16. And it did shit. That's true. So, that's how I feel this is going to go. <sighs> that, that's just personal. I just think they need to find something else. Along the similar lines, found footage, fine. But you need a new gimmick. I feel like Blair Witch Project, when it came out, it was successful in a different kind of way than Paranormal Activity was. Paranormal Activity was, like, successful in a big fucking way. Mm -hmm. Like, mainstream. Blair Witch was, but I think it took a little longer to get to that level, I want to say. Okay. And and I, I, I do agree with that, but, like, the marketing campaigns for them were pretty similar that's true where they're like oh it's real paranormal activity was like wasn't it the first movie that in its trailers it showed like audience reactions yeah <laughs> like the fucking like oh I, I hated that trend 
Like, because yeah. that happened for a long time. Yeah, right after that, like, almost every fucking horror movie did it. The same thing with, uh, right after Inception, every movie trailer had the... Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hate trends like that, especially with trailers, because then you're like, okay, like, do we really need this? Because we even got it in the Batman vs. Superman trailers. And yeah. because of the, uh, the beginning where <laughs> Batman is, like, trying to evacuate the, all of his Wayne buildings. Yeah. And you just have the reactor going off, and it's all. Bong. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I I definitely don't miss stuff like that. No, <laughs> but I mean, I will say I will probably watch it. Yeah, I'll probably check it out. And I don't know. I have a sneaking suspicion that it's gonna be successful. Yeah, I could be wrong. No, I, it 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 definitely could be. I could be overthinking this. I'm just thinking. I, I might just be negative. I don't know why. <laughs> I just, I am very cautious to put faith in a horror franchise that hasn't done very well. Another one, I'll, I'll just throw this out there, Nightmare on Elm Street. When they rebooted that with Jackie Earl Haley. Good God. <laughs> didn't do It well. was financially su- successful, wasn't it? I want to say it was if like... so... But it wasn't like critically no for sure. But it it wasn't. I don't even think it was on like paranormal activity levels of success though. No, it was. Oh, cool! Like another Nightmare on Elm Street movie, and then it, reviews started coming out, and viewership went. In yeah, because Friday the Thirteenth the reboot came out before Nightmare, so I think that was that had to have been mildly successful because that's that's the reason yeah. why they did Nightmare after that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's the reason we keep getting Halloween reboots, and we keep getting. Texas Chainsaw reboots, they are successful enough to bring in money because they're cheap enough to m- be made. And by the way, there's going to be another Texas Chainsaw movie, too, coming up. Fuck me. <laughs> what is it called? Leatherface or something? It's a sequel again. He's going to be like an old man, I guess, in it. So I don't know what they're going to do. Like, I don't know. I'm I just know for, that. He's I, an old man. I'm up for whatever. So there needs to be, like, if they're going to reboot that, there needs to be, like, a brand new, like, unique vision of it. It's rebooted all the way if you're going to do it. You know what I want to, uh, like, a reboot of that's just faithful, but a little bit of a deviation. Just, I want something fresh with it. I don't know how fresh you can do it with this, but I love The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, those reboots were good. The, yeah. For the first and the second one. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed those. Um, but I think the train is starting to get here. Um... There's something that we have not discussed at all in the last, what is it, four weeks? Yeah, ever since it came out. Yeah, uh, we're sitting at six episodes now of WandaVision being out, and my excitement has been very up and down with the show. Yeah. Especially for those first two episodes. Um, it was cool to see... Uh, and we'll just let you know that the train, uh, the Tangent Express yeah, has ju- pulled up. Yeah, it just arrived right now. <laughs> uh, so, the first two episodes, I liked it. It just felt like there was a lot more that they could have done. I felt like it was like a, the first two episodes, it was kind of like a slow build-up to like know what's going on. And then the third episode, you see it. And I think the parts where it's a sitcom show with just Wanda and Vision and that whole thing... Those scenes are more interesting than when they show like what's happening on the other side. Yeah, with sword and all that shit. I I will say, I was so happy with the introduction of Jimmy Woo in the fourth episode though. Mm-hmm. The the card trick made me happy 
because it was a callback to Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yep. Uh, when Ant-Man is stuck in his house and he's learning magic tricks and he's, uh, Jimmy was like, how did you do that? <laughs> he's like, show me. Yeah. Um, but so, so we'll start from the beginning. We'll start with episode one. Um, Wanda and Vision are stuck in a 50s sitcom. Yeah. It's all black and white. No context around it yet. Yeah. Just that's what it is. Yeah. You get to see, it's essentially bewitched or i love lucy yeah it, it's very much in that vein yeah because i think bewitched is more the second episode yeah because that's like 60s time yeah um <laughs> you have the like immediate uh her like using magic to put like dishes away and she clocks them in the head with a plate she's all... very very slapstick oh. comedy like every other line there's a laugh behind it yeah she's like my husband and his indestructible head and i was like ooh, that's rough <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, man. And that's that episode? The first episode was filmed in front of a live audience. I think that she said that a lot of them were. A few of them I were. I think the first two. Yeah. Uh, and she said that it was very weird for her. And this is how I found out that she was part of the Olsen family. I, I know her last name is Olsen, <laughs> but like... you Oh, you didn't know, huh? It didn't strike me that yeah. way. I used to make jokes about her. I'm like, oh, she's like related to the Olsen twins. Uh-huh. And then like I found out she's actually related to the yeah. Olsen twins. And I was like, I feel like fucking idiot. Um... <laughs> But she said it was weird for her because she grew up watching her sisters on those sets all the time Mm -hmm. and hearing that laughter and getting the applause cues and stuff like that. And it was just kind of like a blast from the past for her. Yeah. So like, that's kind of cool to get that many people to see you filming a Marvel show and have no leaks blows my mind. Yeah. Especially with how many times it was delayed. Yep. Because I think originally it was supposed to come out in, like, I feel like September. I think so. And now this release is so late that literally the next release is, like, the week. I think it's the same week or the week after uh, WandaVision's finale. Yeah. You get uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yep. Um, right around the same time as Justice League, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Um, But... Kind of going from there in the first episode, then you get uh, Deborah Jo Rupp's character, and uh, I can't remember who plays the his boss. Yeah. Coming over for dinner. And th- that's, like, where your first real signs of everything going wrong happen. Yeah, you get a little hint of something something's going on. When, then... when his boss starts choking on a... Wh- whatever it was. Some, some meat. food, yeah. Um... And Deborah Jo Rupp's character, which it made me happy that they had her just because she was from that 70s show. Yep. I was like, this just feels like that much more of a callback to me. Yeah. Um, she acts almost the same way, too. Yeah. <laughs> and she's all, stop, stop, stop. Yeah. And, like, starts smiling, and it's just creepy as yeah, shit. Yeah, it's creepy. Where she's just like, dude, like, please save him. Like, and so she, like, gives Vision permission, it feels like, almost yeah. to, like, save his life. Yeah. And use his powers to get the meat out of his throat. <laughs> yeah. And then it's a really weird get up and they leave. Yep. I can't remember how that episode finishes. I don't remember how it finishes, but the next episode takes place in the 60s. And this is where you get another hint at what's really going on. Yes. Um, when she's at that like little get together with all the women at the park or whatever. Uh-huh. And there's a radio playing and something glitches up and you can hear Randall Park's voice. Yes. Who's doing this to you, Wanda? Yeah. And then... <laughs> You can tell that it, 
something happens to where it like rewinds a little bit and it cuts that part out on its own. Yeah. The cuts, while they feel weird, mm-hmm. they're intentionally placed there. Yeah. And you can find out why yes. later. Um, but my favorite part of the second episode was the beginning where they have the separated beds. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of a callback to the way that stuff was in the 60s because, like, even married couples weren't allowed to sleep in the same mm-hmm. bed in shows because it was too sexual. Yeah. Um, and then the beds slide together. It turns into one bed. And then they get to bumping and grinding. Yeah. <laughs> Bump and grind. And then... Uh, that's the episode with the talent show, correct? The f- second. Because it's in black third? and white. Yeah, the second one's in black and white, too. Are you sure it wasn't the second? Yeah, because the third one is in the, the third 70s, 70s and it's in color. Yeah, so it might It's I think it's the second episode in the 60s is the talent yeah. show. Yeah, so um, Vision's not supposed to eat food and he ends up chewing a piece of gum. And it, it ends up gumming up his gears <laughs> yeah. uh, because he accidentally swallows it because someone scares him or something. Yeah. And or isn't it? Yeah. Because he's at that like board meeting or something with all the guys and they give him a piece of gum or something. Yeah. yeah. And so he ends up swallowing it and he acts like he's like drunk essentially. Yeah. And so they put on this like talent show and she has to like use her magic to make everything seem like it was in, like just like a very well done illusion or mm-hmm. something. And this is where you get your first... Uh, well, th- this episode is where you first get to see Monica Rambo. Yeah. And she's, she's in the scene with the radio when they're having their little town meeting or whatever with all the women. Mm-hmm. And she's going by the name Geraldine. Yep. Which I don't know the significance of, but it's just kind of crazy. Um, and then she's a big part of the reveal in the magic show. And then after the magic show... They go to the house. Uh, everything kind of starts winding down. They're, ooh, I love you. And throughout the whole episode, you keep hearing, like, banging going on. And they think it's like a tree hitting the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end of the episode, they walk outside. And there is a man in a beekeeper outfit yep. uh, coming out from the sewers. Mm-hmm. And all you hear her say is, no. And it rewinds back to the point where they were in the house. Yep. And she's pregnant. Yep. And then she's pregnant. And it was at the end of the third episode or the second episode, right right at the end, where you see someone work with the TV and it goes to credits. First episode. Okay, yeah. So, like, right there you get a little bit of, like, what the fuck's going on. And that's uh, Darcy. Yep, it's Darcy. It ends up being her. Yeah. Which I was so happy. I love Kat Denning. Yeah. Like, I I never watched uh, Two Broke Girls, but I loved her in the Thor movies. Mm -hmm. She was my favorite part about those first two awful movies. (laughs) (laughs) Um... In and at the end of the second episode, everything starts to change the color as soon as she find she be, finds out she's pregnant. Yeah, and then there's also is it when that little toy helicopter comes in there, and that's she notices that's in color. Yes, yeah. uh, while it's black and white, that's yeah. the only thing in color. Yeah, that's the only thing. Uh, and then you find out more about that in the fourth episode. Yeah, um, but going on to the third episode, now it's the seventies. Yes, and. The, the costume choices are fantastic. I think yeah. it's beautiful. Even the way they film it, they look pretty times uh, accurate. Yes. Um, especially every intro. Yeah. Um, also, one thing that we have forgotten to mention, in each of these eras, you get an ad. Yeah, um, like a commercial break. Yeah. In the first episode, I believe it was the Strucker watch. Yep. 
which it, and it has like a Hydra logo and it's a reference to Baron Von Strucker from Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. And then in the second one, you get, uh, is it a toaster? I think it's a toaster. It is a it's, toaster it's a, in the second one. It's a Stark one. toaster. Yep. Uh, which is a reference to the bombs uh, dropped, uh, the Stark bombs dropped in, is it Sokovia? Yep. When they were kids, when they lost their parents. Yep. In this third episode, it is a Lagos ad, which is like a paper towel brand or something mm-hmm. in the show, but in reference to the Marvel Universe, it is where she accidentally set that bomb off next to the building in Civil War. Yep, at the beginning of the movie. Yes. Um, and then we'll kind of keep going from there when we get to each episode. Uh, fourth episode does not have one, just so yeah. we get to that. Um, then, or wait, was Lagos the third episode one? Yeah, Lagos is the third in the 70s, I think. And then I'll just throw the fifth one out there real quick. The newest one? No, the fifth, the fifth episode. Because I feel like Lagos was actually the fifth episode. Third episode was Hydro Soak. You're right. It was yeah. a, it was a soap commercial. Yeah. And it was kind of a reference to a episode of Swords of uh Agents of Shield. Mm-hmm. Where uh Agent Coulson talks about how Hydra has a soap where if you use it they basically like control your brain. Yeah. So it's kind of a weird little wink and nod at a TV show that half of people who watch Marvel movies have never watched. <laughs> um and I don't even think it's really canon to most of the MCU. No. Um, not a lot of it. So, going into the third episode, Wanda is pregnant. Mm-hmm. And she's... The babies are growing, like, very quickly. At a rapid pace. Because, <laughs> essentially, they boned at the beginning of the second episode. Mm-hmm. She gets pregnant, and she's, like... Looks like almost three months pregnant at the end of the f- yeah. second episode. Then... He says, oh, you should have the kids by Friday. And it ends up being by the end of the day they're in instead. Yeah, and this is where Monica Rambo plays, is starting to play a bigger role. Yes. In this one. Um, get a lot of weird little things in this episode. Uh, you have the doctor coming over. Yep. Uh, being like, oh, you're about, what did he say, four months along? Four months along, and then he's getting, he's getting ready to go on vacation with his wife. Yeah. Um, and... I think, does Agnes pop over at that point? I think she does for a little bit. And, but like Wanda's trying to hide her pregnancy the whole time. Yeah. Uh, I heard a lot of people saying that was a reference to the way that like, if actresses were pregnant during filming sitcoms, they wouldn't stop filming. They would just find ways to block their, uh, stomach area. Yeah. To where you wouldn't be able to tell. Yeah. And that's the Monica Rambo comes in the house too. And that's when she's trying to disguise it too. She puts like a bowl of fruit there. (laughs) She puts something else, because Monica Rambo comes over to borrow something. I forgot what it was. Uh, I can't remember. It might have It might have been fruit. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. But then she ends up just sitting down on the couch trying to conversate with her. And then yeah. what bird pops up and is like... It's a stork. Yeah, it's a stork. And then uh, Wanda's trying to, like, avert Monica Rambo's attention away from the fucking stork. Yeah, because <laughs> it was a stork that she had painted on the nursery wall. But, like, yeah. her labor pains are like making her accidentally use her powers Mm -hmm. and like it starts raining in everybody's houses it just like thing after thing after thing goes wrong the power goes out in the entire neighborhood Mm -hmm. and then uh she 
basically just has to end up showing her that like she's pregnant. Yep. And Monica Rambo helps her deliver uh, the first baby. Yep. Not knowing that she's actually pregnant with twins. Uh, and by the time that... Vision comes back with the doctor. Yeah. Uh, then they deliver the second kid, who are Tommy and Billy, mm-hmm. who grow up in the comics to be Speed and Wiccan. Um, and then Vision goes outside after his kids are born and talks to Herb and Agnes and they almost crack that they're essentially being controlled. Yeah, is that when Herb is uh like cutting his like trimming his hedges and shit? It, when he's sawing through the yeah, frickin' through the brick wall. <laughs> um yes, that's the scene and that's when their uh Agnes tells Vision like sh- uh Monica doesn't belong here. She doesn't even have a house. Yeah, and that's when Vision starts to it's like the beginning of him ca- catching on that something's fucking off. Yeah. That that was the first real signs you get of him, like, breaking out of her illusion. Yeah. Um, and then he goes back... Like, we get to kind of see it. Wanda starts talking about her brother mm-hmm. and how she was also a twin. Yeah. And But he died. And, she, and this is where Monica breaks out of the illusion, kind of. And she's like... He was killed by Ultron, wasn't he? And it, like, pisses She's off. She's like, what did you say? Yeah. And then she looks down and she notices that Monica Rambo is wearing the sword. Yes. Uh, necklace. Which I don't think, like, a logical person would have worn. But, like, I don't think it was also her choice. Like, yeah. it was something that came with her in uh, crossing over the plane and, like, her set change. Mm-hmm. Uh, her, like, uh, wardrobe change every time. I don't think she really had a choice. Yeah. Um, and so she sees that and basically tells her, like, you don't belong here, get out. And this is the first real, this is the first time we get to see outside of the hex of, yeah, the hex of Westview. Yeah. And she's sitting there and you have all these government people who you don't know yet, but you can assume are sword. Yeah, they're, like, bum-rushing and, like, surrounding her and shit yeah. with the spotlights, and that's when it ends right after that. Yes. And then you go to episode four. Which is the 80s. And the intro for it very much so reminded me of Full House. Oh, yeah. You can tell I, it was a definite callback. Uh, I was waiting for her to say, you got it, dude, like, at some <laughs> point in time. It would have it would have made my day, because yeah. it would have been perfect. Yeah. Um. Please remind me when we get to episode six. I have my favorite reference in the whole show. I don't know if you caught it, but it made me so happy. Okay. Um, but going on episode four, we open with a flashback immediately dropped in to, uh, the beginning of, the, uh, when people came back from the blip. Oh yeah, you're right. Yep. And Monica is sitting in a hospital room mm-hmm. with an empty bed. Uh, we come to find out as she's panicking, looking for a doctor, uh, that it was her mother's hospital bed. She had just gotten out of surgery for her cancer. And while Monica was gone for the five years, her mother had died two years after because the cancer came back. Yep. Then we see her go back to sword. Oh wait, we're not even in the eighties yet. Cause that's episode five. Episode five is the eighties. Uh huh. Because well, episode, episode four is four just is... everything that happens outside, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Right. Up until, she gets popped out. Yeah, and then they find out. 
Um, so essentially, we'll, we'll start with she goes back to Sword, uh, meets uh, Tyler Hayward, who is now the director of Sword, mm-hmm. and Sword is a uh, kind of an offshoot of Shield, but it was founded by Monica Rambo or uh, what's her mom's name? I forget her mom's Maria name. Rambo. Maria, yeah. Maria Rambo, and I'm honestly kind of assuming also probably co-founded by... Carol Danvers? Uh, I wasn't even going to say Carol Danvers because she wasn't around. That's true. I would assume it would be Nick Fury because he was trying to get away from S.H.I.E.L.D. True. But there hasn't been anything officially said, but we have seen Nick Fury on the space station in Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, and in frame of reference to when this is in the MCU timeline, this is three weeks removed from uh, Endgame. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man Far From Home is about nine months after Endgame. Yeah. So this is roughly eight-ish months before uh, Far From Home, before we get to see him on that space station. Yeah. Um, and Tyler Hayward is basically explaining to her, like, you know, we lost a lot of people during the blip. People went missing. Uh, we lost astronauts, or uh, we had astronauts go missing. A lot of people, and I know you said this is kind of a long shot, a lot of people have taken that as a reference to the potential for the way in for the Fantastic Four. Yep. Um, which I could see happening. There's another reference to some sort of like aerospace engineer or whatever later on, too. Yes. Is that in episode four? I, I think, think that's it's in episode it's five. The five, yeah. Um, and essentially... She it, she looks at the thing in uh, the name of S.W.O.R.D. and it's uh, Sentient Weapons Observation and Research Division or Department. I can't remember. I think Department. Uh, in the comics, it's actually Sentient Worlds. So people were kind of thrown off by that. Mm-hmm. But then you're kind of tipped off to why it's called that by the fact that you've come to find out that they're experimenting on Vision's corpse. Yep. And using him to create weapons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you then get... She she then gets told what her first assignment will be. Her mom decided that anybody coming out of the blip or coming back from whatever made them disappear would essentially have to be grounded for their first few months of uh, working to just show that they're mentally stable enough to come back in. Yeah. Um, which I think is actually a fairly logical thing. A lot of people had a problem with it, but I was like... It I makes think, sense, because you got to make sure people like, can handle that yeah. change. And Well, especially for people that are going to lose their family, like Monica. Yeah. Or, yeah, Monica Rambo. Yeah, if that happened in real life, there would be a lot of like mental unrest, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's a big change. Yeah. So, it definitely made me happy that they kind of threw that in. So yeah, the people will come back from the blip, it feels like a quick sort of thing. Yeah. So, this is where she's put on an assignment to take a drone... And go to uh, Westview to help an FBI agent, who we find out is Jimmy Woo, Mm -hmm. uh, find a missing person. She's initially irritated, but goes and does it. Um, He introduces himself with the card trick, which we've already mentioned, which I don't know why, but it made me so happy. Um, And then you go to her trying to pilot. They even talk to a, a couple cops outside of Westview, and they're like... Um, we're looking for this person. They're like, well, Westview doesn't even exist. And they're looking at a sign. She's like, so you're saying this town doesn't exist. Where are you guys from? And they're like Eastview. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one thing that's still confusing with that is I don't know if 
East or if Westview is an actual town and she's tricking people into certain people around the area into thinking that it's not, or if it wasn't a town. Yeah, because we don't know the uh, we don't know specifics about Westview as a whole yet. Yeah, we want to know why she like chose that yet. Really. Yeah, uh, I did listen to an interview yesterday with a screenwriter who said that will be answered. Okay, so I am happy with that because there's three more episodes. Yes, uh, nine episode season. Yeah. Um. So they go to use the drone. The drone disappears. Yeah. And in context of the show, this is where the little helicopter toy in episode two comes in. Yeah. Um, just to try to, like, match up the timeline. And so the helicopter drops in uh, or disappears. The drone disappears in. And she decides to walk up, and then she sees that there's, like, this wall, essentially, or barrier. Yeah. Making it to where you can't see past this illusion. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Woo tries to get her to stop, but she ends up getting sucked in to the barrier. Yep. And she's back into Westview. Yes. And then we get to kind of see her... Oh, you, we get to see a little bit of her inside of the anomaly towards the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, but at the moment they're starting to shut down everything in the area, create a like encampment around this barrier, uh, with sword agents and stuff. And they're bringing in these, uh, scientists and researchers because they have no idea what's going on. Yeah. This is where we get introduced to Kat Dinning's character, Darcy Mm -hmm. and three other scientists who never show up again. Um, and very quickly, and for some random reason, she's able to find out that it's this radiation called CMBR. I can't remember what it stands for. Yeah, I don't remember that. Co- oh, cosmic background radiation. Okay. Um, uh, supposed to be dating back to the Big Bang. A lot of people have connected this to the uh, radiation coming off of the Infinity Stones, mm-hmm. which is uh, where... Wanda gets her powers and where Vision gets his powers from the Mind Stone. So you get the radiation coming from both of them, uh, which she's able to tap into because it creates a wavelength that essentially shows up as the sitcom. Mm. I don't know how she had a monitor just randomly that could read it. Yeah. (laughs) But then she asks them to get her an old TV so they can monitor everything. Um, then you start seeing the inconsistencies and everything, uh, everything going on in the show. And then we can pretty much just kind of jump to the end of the episode. Yeah, and that's that's when you can start seeing, like, where the cuts are. Yeah. And that it's real that Wanda's, like, doing all that shit. Yes. You you see Jimmy uh, Woo talking to her on the radio yep. and how she rewinds it and just it disappears. Yep. And then you see towards the end of the episode where the whole conversation between Monica and Wanda disappears. Yep. But you, we get to see her telling her like, she doesn't belong here, throws her through like six walls and out of the barrier. Yep. And then she's like, it's all Wanda. Yeah. (laughs) And that is where we get to episode five. Yep. And this one's in the eighties. Yes. This one's in the eighties. This was the full house reference uh, that we were talking about initially. Uh, that intro was pure, Full house. Yeah. Uh, even the way that they shot the house, I was like, that looks exactly like 
like obviously it's not in San Francisco, yeah. but like visually, camera angles and everything, it was just almost a perfect recreation of like that house on that hill. Yeah. Um. And we start with Vision and Wanda, kind of trying to get their kids to stop crying. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Agnes pops in. Oh, wait, you have the, them playing with the pacifiers first. Yeah. And how he has them in his ears and all that. Yeah, and then Agnes comes in. And... She wants to hold the babies, right? Uh, yeah, she, she wants to help with them, and yeah. Vision's like, I don't really know yeah. if that's... If we should do that. Yeah. And she's like, do you want me to take it again? Yeah, and that's when he's like, something you're like... She's like an actor, like, in between takes. Yeah, and it's it, it's quiet for, like... Five seconds, and you're just like... It's almost awkward. It's extremely awkward. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, oh my god, what the fuck is going on? And you can see it in his eyes. He's like, did you not see anything of what I just saw? And he's like, oh. she's like, I don't know what you're talking about, honey. And then all of a sudden, she like sprays the kids with some calming whatever. Yeah. Well, isn't it a perfume? I thought it, it was a perfume. Yeah, it's something like that, but yeah. it was supposed to like be calming. Because she keeps making references throughout all these episodes to her husband, Ralph. Yep. And, like, right there, she she's like, uh, she's like, Ralph sprays this on me every night, but nothing can tame this tiger. Rawr. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, like, she always talks about how her husband, Ralph, is, like, in the first couple of episodes, like, he's a piece of shit. Or, yeah. Yeah. Just a bunch of stuff like that, to where a lot of people think her husband, quote unquote, is... Mephisto. Yes. And that would be a trip. Yeah. But I do feel like that's where they're going. And there's also another theory about Mephisto in the newest episode that we'll talk about. Yes. Um, a, another big uh, thing with Mephisto real quick is, like, in the comics, Mephisto, or Tommy and Billy are, like, a fragment of Mephisto's soul. That, yeah. like, pretty much impregnated Wanda. Yeah. So, like, the idea is that... And we'll all even touch on it in the next one, yeah, too. Yeah, because there's, there's a line that's said that about the kids that kind of references yeah. the... Try not to jump too far ahead, yeah. but, like, trying to keep everything up at the same time. Um, so then, all of a sudden, they turn away, and they're talking to... Uh, they're talking to each other, and they turn around, and all of a sudden, the kids aren't crying. They're like, oh, my God, what's going on? Like, they're, like, cool. Like, they're finally asleep. Yeah. They go to the bassinets, and the kids are gone. They're gone. They turn around, and they're five years old. <laughs> and then that's when you get the intro, and you see them blowing out their birthday candles, one through five. The creepiest thing I saw in that, though, in that intro, was Baby Vision. What the that fuck? That was disturbing. <laughs> I was like, he was never a baby yeah. in the first place, but oh my god. Yeah. Um, But yeah, you see them blowing candles one through five off of their cakes, and like, it was kind of a cool little nod. But... um. Then you get uh, Agnes drinking. She's like, they grow up so fast. Uh, and then immediately after the intro, I can't remember exactly what happens. I'm sure we probably jump out of uh, Westview for a moment. Yeah. And I think this is probably around the time. I don't know if it's here or if it's later, but she goes and she looks at her wardrobe that she was wearing. And she just busts off shots at it. Yeah. Because essentially it transformed. And because she was wearing Kevlar, whatever she was wearing just was transformed her into her wardrobe. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it was like 75% Kevlar, whatever yeah. she was wearing. So, uh, she found that out. Pretty much whatever you goes in transforms, but kind of keeps the same properties. Yeah. Which hasn't had a whole lot of relevance yet. 
mm-hmm. but that is where the biggest like nod people think uh, the Fantastic Four came in, because there's not any other time where people need their suits to f- like change with them. Yeah, especially for like Reed Richards. And by God, if I do not get fucking John Krasinski, I will lose my mind. Especially if I don't get John Krasinski and Randall Park in a scene together, I will scream. Right, Asian Jim. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's one of my favorite things in the world, dude. Um, that was probably one of my favorite episodes of The Office. Oh yeah. Um, he's like, I'm really proud of you. You don't even see skin color. <laughs> um, so then going from there... We'll go back to Westview, and the boys find a dog. Yeah, they find a stray dog, and they want to take care of it, but is it Vision or is it Wanda who says, you can't take care of this dog until, like, you're 10 or whatever? It's Wanda. Okay. And they. And they're like, wait, don't say that, and they turn around, and they're fucking 10 years old. (laughs) And then, uh, so they're like, all right, fine. They're like, well, we got to find a name for it. And I can't remember what the original name they come up with is. Something with the S, too. Yeah. But then he gets shocked by an electrical outlet. They're like, oh, Sparky. <laughs> and Most it's... generic dog name of all time. <laughs> but it's an actual name that uh, Vision's dog in the comics has. Okay. So that's where that comes from. Also, a very dark storyline, apparently, uh, where the dog dies. Spoilers. <laughs> um, or I, I think in the comics, uh, he resurrects this dog. Okay. Uh, because it was dead. Mm-hmm. Um but going further down the line, um, kind of jumping over kind of unnecessary stuff because there's a lot of filler. Yep. Uh, you have Tyler Hayward sends a drone in with Monica thinking that it's just a drone to monitor. Uh, they find Wanda and they take shots at her. Yep. And Monica freaks the fuck out. Is that when she comes out? Yes, that's when she comes yeah. out. Uh, and and she has her accent. Yeah. Oh, that tripped me out. I yeah. was like, yes. Like, I'm happy that they're throwing those little things in. Because, like, I- I've heard a theory being, like, the reason that it's in this TV format is because, like, when she was kind of trapped in the house, when her and uh, Vision would kind of have their little meetups, all they would do is, like, watch sitcoms together mm-hmm. between uh, Civil War and Infinity. Civil War and Infinity War? Yeah. I was like, yeah. I don't know why those names didn't sound right to me for a second. Um, but like the theory is like, that's all they did together was like watch sitcoms. So like, that's why it's in that vein. In the form of that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know why I just lost my place. (laughs) Uh, oh, so she comes out of the barrier and she basically tells him like, this is your only warning. Yeah. If you mess with me, I'll fucking kill you basically. And then she like has all the soldiers turn their attention to that, that, uh, director. Yeah. Cause she, she's like. Uh, or he, he says, you have all these people held hostage. She's like, I'm not the one with guns. And then just points them at him. Yeah. And she just goes back in. And Monica tries to like appeal to her. She's like, you brought me in there for a reason. Like you had me deliver your babies. Like mm-hmm. just talk to me. And then she's like, just goes back in. Yeah. Then pretty much immediately after that, we go back to, uh, Westview and Wanda is out walking with her kids mm-hmm. and they come across, oh, they're looking for Sparky. And they go to uh, Agnes, who I'll just say real quick, most people think is uh, Agatha Harkness from the comics, who's like a servant of uh, Mephisto. Um, But she's holding the dog. And the way this scene happens 
it feels like she almost killed the dog. Yeah. Um, because, like, she's trying to... Because there's a scene earlier where Wiccan, which I think is Billy, is trying trying to, like, get the dog to speak. Yeah, it and is he, Billy. He can communicate with yeah. him. And he is, like, almost able to. And I, So a lot of people are thinking, like, oh, the dog saw something or, like, saw Ralph, her husband, and so she killed him to avoid them being able to talk. And that's why you get her reaction when uh, the kid's like, oh, come on, Mom, like, bring him back. Like, uh, like you, you, you brought Dad back, you can bring him back. And she's like, you can? And, like, she kind of seems worried. Yeah. So I don't know if that's anything, but, like, there's a lot of, like, little character things they do just through, like, reactions. And they're kind of creepy, too. Oh, extremely. Because, <laughs> you know, in the grand scheme of things, this is kind of a, there's a lot of dark undertones oh, to yeah. it. Like, most of this show is based on a woman stealing her lover's corpse. Yeah. So <laughs> it's already pretty dark. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, undertones of, like, demon worship and... Yeah, and you had the Mephisto stuff. And yeah. yeah. It's, 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 a, it's probably the darkest thing the MCU has yeah. done. While it seems pretty fucking bright. <laughs> yeah, without being in your face dark. Yeah. Um, and then going from there, uh, they, she, she, they almost aged themselves up again. Yeah. Um, because they're like, you know, like just need to like do this. Like you'll grow from this. You kind of need to grow up and they're like getting ready to do it. She's like, no, you need to deal with this. Like now don't try to age yourself up. Just, deal with it yeah so then you get a little uh i think a, no i don't think we see anything else on the outside of this episode i don't think so other than the last like three seconds mm-hmm. going from here you have her talking to her kids kind of about grief and how she had a brother and all of a sudden wanda or no wanda and vision start fighting shortly after that yeah because uh, he's starting to like get onto it more yeah and, like, to the point where, like, she tries to end the episode, and you have the credits scrolling. And she's like, no, he's like, no, we're dealing with this now. Yeah. Like, and they start levitating, and they're about to, like, go full fucking ham. <laughs> yeah. And then the doorbell rings. And this was my favorite fucking part of the entire series, to this point. She opens the door, and you see the shock on her face, and kind of, like, everybody on the outside looking, mm-hmm. and being like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. And then you get the gray hair. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit. And I, I had heard rumors that it could be Evan Peters. Okay. But as soon as I saw his face, I, like, lit up. I was like, dude. And yeah. She, she's all, he's all, she's all like, Pietro? And he's all, can't, uh, can't a big bro hug his, uh, sis to death or something like that? Yeah. Or can't, can't, uh. Because she asked him, like, what are you doing here, right? Yeah. And, like, it was super corny, his reaction, but, like, it made me happy. It was, like, super 80s sitcom. Um, But getting that, like, multiverse, it's our first sign of the multiverse. Yeah, which was, like, kind of off-putting at first for me when I saw him. I was like, oh, shit. I thought it was going to be Aaron Taylor Johnson or whatever his name is. Um, And it it blew my mind because I did think, like, if they bring him back, they'll bring back Aaron Taylor Johnson just because continuity. Mm -hmm. But... It's that first sign of the multiverse. It's when balls to the wall. Yeah. (laughs) That's where I felt like the show just, like, blew up. Yeah. Because they bring in Quicksilver from the X-Men universe. 
which opens up a million possible. Yeah, because they figure that we own them now, so we can do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah, because <laughs> it make then it starts making you wonder: Do I get Hugh Jackman Wolverine? Yeah. Do I get Magneto? Do I get Professor X? Any one of those guys. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I don't want all of it. Mm-hmm. I want them to pick and choose what they take. Yeah. And blend it. Um, but that was like the first thing I was so excited. And you, then you shoot out and you get Darcy, being like. She recast Pietro. <laughs> this another nod to like the way sitcoms would end up having like problems with actors. Yeah. And they'd have to switch without any explanation. Yeah. And then we go to episode six. Yep. My favorite intro that we've had. Very Malcolm in the Middle esque. <laughs> that was the exact thing I was gonna say because yeah. even the way that the kid talks after felt super Frankie Muniz. Yeah, talking to the camera. It was beautiful. Yep. Like, love it. That, like, very, like, 90s, like, almost, like, cassette tape type of play. Yeah. Um, And then you had Agnes on her ass, had the naughty in rhinestones. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, hey! (laughs) Um, And, like, all together, just probably my favorite intro that they've done so far. Yeah. Which means the next episode should be 2000s. 2000s, yeah. Yeah, they said it was going to be, like, Arrested Development type stuff. Okay. Yeah. And then I'm wondering, does that mean, like, 2010s is probably, like... Modern Family. Could be. That would probably be episode eight. Mm-hmm. Then I don't know what episode nine would be, because episode nine will be closing everything down. Yeah. Because um, I don't think this show should have a second season. No, it should just be a one, because I think it leads directly into, it's supposed to be Spider-Man, Spider-Man first, and then Doctor Strange yeah. after that. Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Um, and this episode starts out, it's on Halloween. Yes. Do we get the intro to the show before anything else? I think we do on this episode. I think it's the intro first. Okay. If I remember correctly, I could be wrong. Because I can't think of what happens before that. Unless it's something on the outside. It could have been that too. But either way, that stuff is a lot more forgettable than what happens inside. Yeah. Um, and Wanda. Oh, I do actually know what happens. Oh, okay. First thing that happens is you have Monica yelling at Tyler for not telling them about the drone. That's right. Um, and then her, Darcy, and Jimmy Woo being kicked out. Mm-hmm. And then immediately thereafter, kicking the asses of whoever's escorting them out, locking them in a police vehicle or mm-hmm. whatever, and then going to do research on what the fuck's going on. Then we jump into the episode. Yep. And you have the kids trying to... Or, like, getting ready for Halloween. You have that, like, whole direct into the camera, Malcolm in the Middle-esque first bit with Billy. Yeah. And the two twins talking about what Halloween is about. One says it's all about candy. The other one's it's being someone else for a day. And them talking about waking up Pietro. And how uh, Billy doesn't want to do it because he thinks he's a vampire because he sleeps till four in the afternoon. And then he does the whole scares the kids. Yeah. And, and he's like, he's one of those cool uncles. That, <laughs> he's very Uncle Jesse-esque. Yeah. Um, and like the tension between him and Vision is very much in that vein of like Uncle Jesse and I can't think of his name. So I'll just call him Bob Saget. Uh, character from Full House. Like oh yeah, I do. I forgot his name too. <laughs> I, uh, not Danny, maybe. Let me look it up. Um, but then you have, you have Wanda first coming down the stairs 
in her very first like comic accurate version of her outfit. It is Danny, by the way. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, you have him, her coming down in her comic book accurate uh, outfit, and that blew my mind. I was like, yeah, I didn't. It's really cool. Like you had seen it in the trailers, but I felt like it would be cornier than that. <laughs> um, but they explained it very well. And then you have Vision coming down. And his, and his comic get up. And it looks ridiculous. <laughs> and he's like, what are you? He's like, oh, I can't remember everything he says, but he's like, a booger? And he's like, yes. <laughs> and uh, she's like, thanks for wearing this ridiculous get up. And then you see his attitude being like, well, it's the only thing I had in my closet because you're fucking with everything. Yeah, because he's still pissed off at her. And then he says he has plans to go... Yeah. Somewhere else, and she gets pissed off because it's the kid's first Halloween. Well, you can see, like, in that conversation, him, like, almost wanting to fight with her, but, like, drawing back because he's like, I want to make it seem like I'm on her side. Yeah. So I'm going to... Investigate. Investigate. So I don't want her to be on to me or anything. So he's like, mm -hmm. he's like, I know how you like your Mexican wrestlers. And she's all, mucho gusto. And he's like, chili con carne. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was cheesy as fuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then they... <laughs> They uh, so he basically tells her like he's going to do the whole neighborhood watch shit, mm -hmm. and that section is very creepy. Um, yeah, <laughs> but then so Pietro basically says, "Oh, you know, like the kids need a strong like father figure here for this for today. So like I'll take the place. Like you go do what you got to do." And him and Tommy run out the door to go get outfits for the mm -hmm. uh, Halloween. And come back, both dressed as Quicksilver. Yeah. Made me so happy. Even <laughs> yeah. though I fucking hate the hair, it made me happy because it's another comic book accurate outfit. Yeah. As corny and handmade as it is. That's like the only way you can really do them comic accurate is if like, oh, we're dressed enough for Halloween. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think Quicksilver's wouldn't be too bad, minus the hair. There's no way to do the hair yeah. being cool. Yeah. Unless it's like, while he's running, it's doing that. Yeah. But other than that, it's corny as fuck. Yeah. Um... So then you get that, and then we go to... I'm sure we pop back out, and there's something going on. Oh, they're doing research on why... What, like, Hayward's up to. And they find out that Monica going in and out of the barrier changed her genetic makeup. Yeah, molecular makeup. Which is the first signs of her becoming Photon, or Spectrum, okay. which was her mom's name. Yeah. Because eventually down the line, she ends up becoming... Uh, Captain Marvel yeah. after Carol Danvers. Mm -hmm. um, so you get to see her first signs of becoming a superhero. And then uh, her basically saying she's going to go back in, but she has to meet up with this contact who, once again, I swear to God. It's Reed Richards. If it's not Reed Richards, <laughs> I'm going to fucking lose my mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then we cut back into the show. They're. The kids are going trick-or-treating with their uncle. Their uncle literally goes to every house and steals the candy. And, they and they're smashing pumpkin. pumpkins. <laughs> and Herb is uh, telling her, like, before it even happens, like, what? All the candy's gone? What? All the uh, jack-o'-lanterns are smashed? And you're seeing it happen immediately after he does it. You're like, okay, this is cheese as fuck. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I thought that was really cool. Uh, and then immediately after that, you have the first conversation between Wanda and Pietro. Yep. Where she's she tries she's like, "Hey, what was that guy's name 
that used to steal your shoes when you were a kid. And he's like, I know you're trying to test me. He's like, there's no point. He's like, I know I look different. She's like, why do you look different? And and actually before that, when the kids were trick-or-treating, um, when uh, Quicksilver tells the kids to go run off or whatever, he's like, what did he call them? Like, little demons raise hell? Uh, no. Little demon spawns? Yeah, little demon yeah. spawns raise hell. That's kind of like a Nod to the Mephisto? Yeah. Yes. Um, oh, I know it's, it's a little bit later, but or w- w- when they say that, it's actually right at the same point. They're all kick-ass, and she's all, kick-ass. And that made me so fucking yeah. happy, because both Quicksilvers came from kick-ass. Yep. Aaron Taylor Johnson and Evan Peters. Yep. It So dumb, just a little thrown out there, but like lingered on it just enough to where I was like, fuck yes. And also, too, I don't know if it's like a... A big deal, or if it's just coincidence, when Quicksilver runs, there's blue streaks left behind him, and that's how the Aaron Taylor Johnson one, mm-hmm. one was in Age of Ultron. Yes. So it, it's much more done in his vein. Yeah. And even to the point where, like later in the episode, she sees like a dead version of him, the same way that we missed this too in episode three. No. It was in episode four, when she sees his hole in his head. Yes, that little jump scare thing. Yeah. Yeah, and then we see it again when he has, like, he's shot up. Yeah, he has the bullet holes, mm-hmm. um, which kind of threw me off because I was like, if it's a different Quicksilver, should it still be like that? Yeah, and it, he did, they didn't change his face to Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah. It was still Evan Peters. It did make me happy, like, in the preview to the episode, though, they did show Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah, that way, did. if people didn't get it. Yeah. Um. So then, kind of going from there, we get Vision, Walking around, mm-hmm. looking for, just kind of investigating what's going on. Yeah, and then he notices there's that chick who's like trying to hang up the ghost on the clothesline, and she's just like repeating the movement over and over. And you see the tear, the just tear running down her face, running down. Oh, that's that. how that's how I wake up every morning. <laughs> it, it it's rough. Like it looks like torture. Yeah, and it's almost it's funny because like he's getting closer to Alice Avenue, which one of the references later on, but. And it seems like the closer he gets to Alice Avenue, that's, like, people are acting more, like, stranger towards yeah. that way. Well, she, she references it right before that. She tells the kids, like, not don't go past yeah. Alice Avenue. That's, like, the end of the fucking the yeah. road there. And maybe she can't, like, focus her attention so much on those people. That's why they're, like, not doing anything. Well, I think it's because if they do decide to go past that and they escape, yeah. it ruins the illusion. Right, right. So if she's not controlling those people on the outside, like, it her control gets stronger the further out people go. Yeah. Like, that's why when with the car scene here in a minute, like, Agnes isn't even moving. Yep. But we'll go into that in a second. Um. So he's, like, going, like, person to person. No one's moving. And he's like, ma'am, like, can I help you? And, like, no reactions from anybody. Yep. I was surprised he didn't touch anybody's head and do what he did with, uh, what's his name in episode five? Uh. His coworker, yeah. I forget his name. Where he's like freaking out. He's like, "Oh no!" He's like, "I gotta get to my dad." Like, she's she's torturing us and all this, and um. So then we kind of jump back. We get to see a little bit more between Pietro and Wanda, mm-hmm. where she's like, "What happened to your accent?" He's like, "What happened to your accent?" Like, I don't even know why I'm here. Like, like they're kind of going back and forth a little bit. Yeah, she's like, "So why are you here? Like, how did you get here?" And he's like, "I heard you crying out, and I came." Like, mm-hmm. so I don't know if she brought him here. She doesn't seem like she knows either. Yeah. Like, well, there was a theory on Twitter that said that quick, that Mephisto was actually Quicksilver. Ooh. So I've heard that. Yeah. I've also heard that like 
the theory that Mephisto plucked him out of the multiverse and threw him in. Ooh, that'd be interesting too. Either way, it'd like be kind of cool. Yeah, like either way, I'm down. I'm interested in any way they can throw this. Yeah. Um, but going from there, they just kind of spit, spat, and argue. And Vision goes and talks to uh, Agnes, who's sitting in the car. It's the scene we've all seen from the trailers that everybody kind of speculated. Yeah, she's on. at the stop sign. She's like worried. Yeah, she's all, where's Town Square? And he's like, Town Square, like, you grew up in this neighborhood, like, you should know where it is. She's all, oh, yeah, I forgot. (laughs) And so then he touches her head, and she's all, like, freaking out, and I can't remember exactly what's said initially, but uh, then we get to the point where she says, am I dead? And he's like, no, why would you be dead? Like, that's ridiculous. She's like, because you are. And then she just repeats dead after, like, a few times. And then laughs maniacally, which makes me think that she's not controlled as much as everybody else is. Mm -hmm. Like, she didn't seem in pain. She almost, like, just just like in the last, uh, in episode five where she has that moment where she's like, should I take it again? Yeah. She, like, seemed kind of annoyed in that moment. Yeah. Like, she's like, whatever. Yeah. So she, she does seem like she has more control than... All the other people that are being So maybe controlled. she is, you know, the, the whatever... Agatha Harkness. Yeah, but then she's, like, she's allowing Wanda con- to control her in, like, some way. Yeah. So she's not given away. Yeah, just to where it's, like, under the surface to where, like, yeah. she kind of has the control over Wanda, but she doesn't know it. Yeah. Um, so there's that, and then shortly after that, he, like, basically gives her back, like, the mind... Or, like, puts her back in the mind control of Wanda. Yeah. She flips and, a bitch. Yeah, and he wanders out side of the barrier mm-hmm. um, and starts falling apart in front of all of Sword. Yeah, pieces of them are being, you know, flown backwards into Westview. Yes. And then we get, uh, oh, all, obviously I also forgot to mention that uh, when she told the kids not to go past Ellis Avenue, it was right when Tommy got his powers and became Speed. Uh, yeah. Because he was able to go all fast and she's like, if I can't keep track of you, just don't go past Ellis mm. Avenue. And then, and then is it after that they come back and uh, Billy... It's shown that he has his powers now and he can hear Vision and she's like, he's describing it yeah. all to Wanda. Yeah, right after he exits yeah. the barrier. Because yeah. he starts falling apart and she's like, dad's in trouble. Mm-hmm. Or he's like, dad's in trouble. Like, I don't know what to do. And she's like, okay, like explain like, to focus. me what's going on. Focus. <laughs> yeah. And then, so get down to that and finally find out that he has the Wiccan powers, which are essentially her powers. Yeah. Like, her kids have her and her brother's powers. Yeah. Um. So, she pauses everybody yeah and, and then before that like on the outside everyone's fucking running away and <laughs> what's her face is still handcuffed to the jeep right there oh, fuck, uh darcy yeah darcy and uh, and jimmy woo and monica are actually going to meet their contact yeah so and that's when wanda fucking yes stops everything and it expands the hex as it call. becomes like ginormous and yeah. all of sword that was outside of the barrier pretty much is under her control now yeah and every time something goes into the hex it chan- transforms into something else like that whole like base that they have turns into like a, a carnival. carnival yeah i thought that was actually really cool and yeah. i like that uh like visual um i mean and honestly that's pretty much where everything kind of stops for the episode yeah it, nothing really goes past that and we don't get to see anything is it after that where she throws quicksilver back because he says something yeah it, it's right before she pauses everybody okay yeah because he says he says what's the matter he's like it's not like your dead husband can die twice yeah. <laughs> and she's all fuck you yeah um so a- after that the episode's pretty much done mm-hmm. and all we have is speculation yeah um 
obviously this has been a giant tangent in, a, in and of itself, but where do you think the next three episodes will lead us? I think in the next episode they'll, we'll finally see who the contact is that they're trying to get to. Reed Richards. Reed Richards. <laughs> um, I'm just waiting for a Mephisto reveal. Yes. I don't know. I don't think it'll be the very last episode. It might not be this next episode. It might be the right in the middle. Eighth? So Yes. Yeah. Okay. So not the next, but the one yeah, after. That's what I think. I think that's honestly probably fair because yeah. we're getting those uh, cliffhangers a lot. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot the fucking commercial for this episode. That uh, for uh, episode yogurt. Six. That yo magic. Yeah. That was dark. It really was. I was like, it was kind of weird. I was like. Isn't that like claymation style that they used yeah. to do everything in the And this the kid's 90s. trying to open the fucking yogurt that the shark gave him and it just goes through years and he, he dies. All, I can't open it. Just the skeleton. yogurt for survivors. <laughs> the snack for survivors. Yeah, I think that, it was. that shit was fucked. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the significance I'll, of that one was. I'll have to watch some videos because I'll be honest, where I get most of my uh, knowledge of like the references is I watch other YouTubers. Emergency Awesome. Uh, actually, no. no. I've gotten tired of his delivery. <laughs> it's very monotone. I, I love him, and he was how I got a lot of very my stuff initially. He's very knowledgeable. But it's just very flat. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to New Rock Stars a lot. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, because they, they bring in other people from Collider and from other places, and they all kind of like put their theories together and like kind of spin off of each other. Yeah. And I'm like, I'd like to look into that uh, commercial more because I'm sure there's something of oh, significance yeah. in it. Yeah, and they kind of do a deep dive on each one of those each week too because yeah. they have like six episodes that are just related to what happened in that week's WandaVision. <laughs> so it, it's very interesting. Um, but I, I think that you're probably right. One thing I am curious about though is... Paul Bettany has gone on record saying that there is a big actor, most likely in these last three episodes, who will come out that he has always wanted to work with. Hopefully John Krasinski. I would be happy with that. But it's someone that most people would say isn't on the level of everybody else in the MCU. Like a decorated thespian. So maybe Mephisto. Whoever could be playing Mephisto I or... I envision him being British. I also could do that, too. Yeah, yeah I, I see that. Or, like, another speculation is, like, it could be Ian McKellen. Okay. Magneto? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it would fit with parentage of Wanda and Pietro. And that's the their multiverse. Dad. Yeah. So, there's that or there... It, it, but my theory would probably also be Mephisto. Yeah. Because it's just they're probably going to have a legendary actor attached to it. Mm-hmm. While I love John Krasinski, I would put him on the same level as Paul Bettany. And how does Mephisto look in the comics? I don't remember. Is it just straight? He's like, like like a devil. Yeah, just straight. Okay. Yeah, because he's uh, who controls Ghost Rider. Yeah, that's right. So uh, I'm sure there's probably different versions of him throughout the MCU, but like he just looks like a giant devil, kind of like uh, what's his name from DC. Uh, Raven's dad, Trigon, but without, like, the multiple eyes. <laughs> like, I, I would want Mephisto to look creepy as fuck. Oh, yeah. Like, go ahead and make him, like, scary. Oh, yeah. Like, don't make him look all basic and shit. Well, and a lot of people are thinking that if it's not Mephisto, um, they could honestly kind of understand that because they're like, it's on Disney+, Plus. they're not gonna want, like, devil worship on Disney+, Plus. and then other people have pointed out on Disney+, Plus you have Hocus Pocus, which is all devil worship. <laughs> Yeah. So, 
Don't make them look like this. It's not that's not Marvel's Mephisto, but that'd be creepy. As that fuck. would. <laughs> no, I I want horns. Yes, if I was, yeah, I'd say maybe go based off of this a little bit, but add horns or something. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, I'm definitely excited to see what they do. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know what legendary actor will be attached. Yeah, it's uh, exciting because it's one thing that Paul Bettany in interviews has been very heavy-handed in saying. Yeah. And he said it before Evan Peters showed up and after. Mm-hmm. And most people are like, it's definitely not Evan Peters because, like, Evan Peters and John Krasinski are kind of on the same playing field as uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. Yeah. While they're all fantastic. Also, one thing that pretty much lets me know that it's not Ian McKellen is Ian McKellen and Paul Bettany have been in a movie together. Okay, so, yeah. So, then I would almost guarantee it would be Mephisto. Yeah, because uh, it was Da Vinci Code. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know who they could have, but it definitely gets me excited for whatever reveal they yeah. have coming down the line. He's um, going to be British. Yes. Uh, I also think we're going to see Photon with her powers. Okay. Uh, because she's the only person who's entered and exited. Yeah. The uh, Anomaly or Hex or the n- numerous other things they've called it. Yeah. But yeah, essentially the Hex. Um. So, she's the only person who's gone in and out other than Wanda. And Wanda's not going to be bothered by it because it's her powers. Yeah. I'm curious to see how much of this is her, like, actually dipping into villainy. And how much of this is her being controlled by somebody else. Yeah. Because she's supposed to be the bad guy in Multiverse of Madness, right? I'm also wondering if that's not a misdirect, though. Mm, Because that is one thing Marvel has been fairly good at, is teasing little things and then pulling back. Yeah, teasing the like the intentionally wrong stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. while we all knew that Mysterio was not going to be a good guy, like we didn't know he's going to be like that. Yeah. It they they definitely did it in a unique way. Yeah. Even small shit like Thor's eye yeah. in Ragnarok. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, like honestly, for most of the movie, I honestly thought that uh Mysterio was from another universe. Like, yeah, I did too. I was like, "Oh, like this is cool." Like and then to find out, it was kind of more along the lines of, like, his actual origin story where he's, like, really into special effects. Yeah. Like, I was happy with it, but at the same time, I was thrown off. Like, yeah. they do that very well in the, especially in the later MCU, yeah. with the layers of building characters. Mm-hmm. Once again, it's the reason I say every major franchise that wants to build and expand needs a Kevin Feige. Yeah. That is my sticking point until the day I die. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think we have gone plenty of time today. Yeah, we're, uh, this is probably be our longest episode, I think, up I'm to o- date. I'm okay with that. We almost had one that was longer, <laughs> but we, uh, forgot to plug the microphone in on the Joker review. <laughs> oh yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> oh, but other than that, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with this one. And I, I know we were kind of all over the place with the review, but that's what happens when we only do a six episode review in 30 yeah. minutes. Which so is why I was perfect for the tangent express too. Yes. It, it did. It did definitely take up all of the tangent yeah. express. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a good place to stop for today. So, uh, if you guys wouldn't mind, uh, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and especially YouTube. If you wouldn't mind subscribing to that and then follow us on Apple podcasts and Spotify, make sure to leave a like rate and subscribe on those. It really helps us get out to other people and we really appreciate it. And also, be sure to watch our Justice League trailer reaction. Help yes. us get some clout. 
Yes, yes. And then I will be uh, attempting to uh, upload more regular vlogs on the YouTube channel. So we have, yeah. have some more consistent viewership on there. And your well. new vlog episode will be, you want to drop it tonight or you want to wait till tomorrow? I'm fine with tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, that way I'm not overworking you. Cool. Yeah, either way. So that'll be out tomorrow too. So we got two videos coming out. Yes. Immediately. So. Yeah, a lot more than we've had in, like, the last month. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely keep an eye out on the, all those, and we really appreciate it. This is the uh, Super Thwack Podcast. My name is Anthony Stevens. Damien Labour. Peace. Peace. Peace.